You can tell that I'm already in. Just a look in my eyes, you can tell that I'm already in. You can see the fire inside, you can tell that I'm already in. me, I'm already I'm keeping that word in me and keeping that so I went with me. You see that I'm already I'm ready. You see that hey. I'm already for the bell to ring, you better cover up or come with it. Broke out from the bottom of the grave to find the odds of morticians. At worst, they stand firm and hold my position. Command ops with the opposition. That word packed, I'm fully loaded. My heart steady, I know the mission, I'm ready. Better stand by with a medic. It doesn't matter what it looks like right now, we win and that's prophetic. I woke up this morning, I had to get ready to try to come after my family. I would not believe in the lie, so I bring out the word when the devil is crafty. Hey, back and forth again, standing here with a few good men. I got your six. You know that brotherhood is strong when all of y'all come from the sticks. We done seen it all before, so we ready. To get it in, we're not alone. Our God is ready to defend. I'm telling that I'm already in. Just a look in my eyes, you can tell that I'm already in. You can see the fire inside, you can tell that I'm already in. Trust me, I'm born ready. I'm keeping that word in me and keeping that song with me. You see that I'm already in. You see that I'm already in. I'm gonna leave, sorry that's not gonna be my purpose Is telling the truth to you how awful it seems To me, honestly, it's all that I eat And you will never see me with the mark of the beast No way, that kick got my head off, my soul is okay The devil can't take us all out, my brothers don't play You should pray, you can't take no baggage on a soul train Give you like the God, cause he's the only one My father, devil really want that smoke, I got that Zaza That's that holy ghost, I keep it close, it's a fire fire Stay on God's side If the devil trying to flex his on side Just a look in my eyes You can tell that I'm already You can see the fire inside You can tell that I'm already Trust me, I'm already I'm keeping that word in me And keeping that so I would make You see that I'm already Gracious You see that I'm already For the one who took the lashes on his back and was massacred I know he ain't scared of death cause he fought death and he mastered it He's the king, he's coming back for righteous war to establish it Yeshua, I'm a shia, you my lord, I confess it If I die in battle for you, that'd be a beautiful blessing I got the fire in me, ain't no retiring I'ma keep looking skyward while I shoot It's the way that you hardwired me And either way, I know I'm hitting my target A train shooter, I know I'm just supposed to aim at the darkness Where I breathe ASAP, Nikki Gracious, we warrior Two can never stand again if the Lord be for us, I'm ready. You can tell that I'm already. <laughs>
Hey guys, it is Pastor Randy here with Made Free Church. Hope you guys are having a great morning. I know I am. Um, wow. You know, um, wow, man. T t today's just been, this morning's just been, you know, um, just an awesome morning, man. You know, you get with God and and you you know you do your routine and and stuff like that and it's just been so amazing man that you know i get to do these things every morning and and focus in on my king right and stuff so guys you know um if you guys need prayer man you know uh, please go to madefreechurch.org um we have a whole intercessory prayer team that is set up um and um you know um We'd love to pray for you. We have a little tab on there that says prayer requests. Go in there and just, uh, you know, um, put in your prayer request, man, and our team will pray for you. And uh, we believe in the power of prayer. We believe in, we just believe in prayer, period. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, so guys, just go there and stuff like that. So, uh, also, uh, we have uh, uh, planted a new church here in uh, Weezer, Idaho. And, uh, we're looking for right now if, if you're in the Weezer, Payette, Fruitland area, and if you guys could come out and, uh, you know, we're at 25 State Street. We're in the back of the building. Uh, you'll see the cars out there, your um, little side door and stuff. And if you guys are here in Weezer, Payette, Fruitland, and you guys want to come out and help us build the wall that we're going to be building tonight, uh, you know, we're going to have pizza and pop out there and, and, uh, you know, we would, we would definitely, definitely love for you guys to come out and help out with that as well. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, if you guys want to help out financially too, you guys can do that. You guys can go to madefreechurch.org. We have a made free church, Idaho tab that you can go down. It, it's, it, you know, pretty much tells what we're doing a little bit here and, and stuff like that. And, uh, if you want to, you know, like it says, you want to be financial, you want to partner up with us financially, you can, all you got to do, go down to the bottom of the page and there's a little PayPal tag there and, uh, you can, um, do that. But if you do that, please leave your email addresses so we can send you a tax deductible receipt. Um, you know, none of the pastors here at made free church or any of anybody, um, we don't, we don't make a, a profit. We don't take a salary. We don't, do nothing this is all for the glory of god and um you know i just want to make that you guys aware of that because uh, it's very important for us you know to be biblically sound but it's also important for us to let you guys know that none of us take a salary from this church um <clears throat> and we're not a rich church either so uh, guys if you guys can't uh you know help out financially that's cool too uh, we just ask that you pray for us and, and pray for the launch, man, and stuff like that. And then we'd be able to get, you know, some things done here. And thank you for that. Um, pray for me. Um, uh, I'm under spiritual attack on a constant basis. And there's some things going on in my life that need to be... Uh, well, there's just some things I need to, to, to address. You know what I mean? Um, it's not the bad. I'm not getting in like this huge sin. And I'm not, in, I mean, I sin, but I'm not in any sin. But, you know, I just, I just need that prayer because the spiritual attacks are, are, are constant and they're tiring. I mean, I haven't really slept good uh, in the last couple of weeks, but that's okay because 
God provides, right? So, anyway, let's get into this. Uh, what the heck? All right. All right, cool. Let's get into this. Heavenly Father, we just come before you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this time, Lord. Just get this lowly preacher out of the way and let your word go forth, Lord, as we study the book of Romans, God. And we just say thank you that, you know, for you dying on the cross for us, God. And we love you and we worship you, Lord. And thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys. Um, Let's do this. So, you know, last Sunday, you know, we started in a new section of uh, the Apostle Paul's letter to the Romans. And I introduced Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 to you and gave you a brief overview of those two verses. Now, yeah, now in Romans 12, you know, uh, the Apostle Paul begins applying the doctrine that he has been teaching in the previous 11 chapters. Now, it's not that he has made no application in the in the previous 11 chapters he has however he begins chapter 12 in saying in a sense that in light of all that i have taught how 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 then how how we then shall live right so i would also like to take the next few bible studies and look carefully at each phrase in these two verses in Romans 12 verses 1 and 2. So let's read that. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2. It says, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. By testing, you may discern what God, what the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect see that the apostle paul has written 11 chapters of doctrine and in those 11 chapters he explains how we come into right relationship with god which is by grace alone through faith alone in christ alone right so dr john MacArthur in his commentary on Romans, uh, said some years ago, you know, uh, a tearful, obviously distraught young woman approached him at a conference where he was speaking. She told him a story um, that he's heard many, many times. I've actually heard it too, right? Uh, but not like this, though. She said this, it just, I just can't seem to live a, uh, uh, the live the Christian life that I should, she said. I'm frustrated. I don't have spiritual victory or a sense of accomplishment. I struggle with the simplest forms of obedience and I'm constantly defeated. Can you help me? So Dr. MacArthur, you know, asked her, you know, what has been your approach to solving the problems yourself? Well, she replied this, well, I've tried everything. I attended churches where they speak in tongues, have healings and all kinds of extraordinary spiritual experiences. I have spoken in tongues myself, had an ecstatic experience, been prophesied over uh, and experience of several proposed miracles. I have been slain in the spirit, but the spirit, but in this, but in spite of all that, I am not pleased with my life and I know God isn't pleased. 
I've tried to get everything from him that I can, but I am not satisfied. I'm still miserable and want more. Well, I, I think you put your finger right on the problem, said Dr. MacArthur. The key to spiritual victory is true, uh, and true happiness is not trying to get all you can from God, but giving all that we are and have to him. Give me a moment. All right. Um, did, did you get that? The key to spiritual victory and happiness is not trying to get all we can from God, but giving all that we are and have to him. That is a profound, helpful statement of Dr. And, and, and Dr. Uh, MacArthur continues, right? He says this, countless thousands of people today, including many genuine Christians flock to various churches seminars and conferences in search of spiritual benefits practical emotional and spiritual that they hope to receive they just they they do just the opposite of what paul plainly emphasizes in romans 12 1 and 2. in this forceful and compassionate exhortation the apostle does not focus on what more we need to receive from god but on what we are to give to him. The key to a productive and satisfying Christian life is not in getting more, but giving all. There it is again. The key to a productive and satisfying Christian life is not in getting more, but giving all. You know, there, there, there are many, many people who call themselves Christians who are frankly frustrated and disappointed with Christianity. Uh, you may be one of them. You, 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 you might not say that you're, you're frustrated or disappointed, but deep down in your innermost being, you're asking yourself, where is the joy? Where is the delight? Where is the satisfaction? Where is the gross? I don't see much in my life. Now, you cannot have more of God than you now possess. God has given himself in the person of the Holy Spirit. And he resides in you. And has done so from the moment you were born again. So the problem is not on God's side. It's on yours. Right? Overthinking. Doing a lot of stuff. We'll get to that. Right? Many of you do not have the fullness of joy that you know should be yours. You know that the Bible has countless statements about the blessings and joy and delight that belong to the people of God, but you don't sense it in your life. The Apostle Paul tells us in these two verses, in, in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, that the blessings and joy and delight is found in giving of yourself completely to God. So in our Bible study today, I want you to see how we should live as Christians, right? First, the Apostle Paul begins saying in verse 1, I appeal to you, right? The word appeal is, is the Greek form of parakaleo, right? Which is the basic meaning of calling alongside in order to help or give aid 
right? <laughs> in, in later Greek uses suggests ex exhortation, admonishing, or encouraging, right? <clears throat> On the night of, of his, uh, his arrest, when Jesus was in the upper room with his disciples, he referred to the Holy Spirit as another helper. He said in John 14, 16, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. The word helper, paraketlos, right? The Holy Spirit would be another helper, right? Uh, who in this present life takes the place of Jesus, right? And so Paul is speaking as a human helper to those in Rome whom he's writing to, right? He is saying, as he begins in chapter 12, uh, he, he's, he's pretty much saying like this in chapter 12, I want to help you and I appeal to you, I beseech you, I encourage you and, and so on. In our modern speech, he might say, whoa, 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 yo, listen up, right? Well, the Apostle Paul is saying the same thing as he begins in chapter 12. He is saying, now listen up, I'm about to tell you how to apply what I've been teaching you. And if you follow it, you will find the key to a productive and satisfying Christian life. Then... The Apostle Paul says, I appeal to you, therefore, which is in 1B, chapter 12, 1B. Small single words often have significant meanings. For example, take the take take the word then. The word then is found in uh, the title of Francis Schaeffer's well-known study on the rise and fall of the Western culture. And, and, and how should we then live is also the title of today's message. Right. It's also a quote from the King James Version of Ezekiel 33.10. Schaefer had a gift for using words well, right? And and this was this is and this is nowhere seen clearly than in the book's title. Then is a very simple word right then is a very very simple word we hardly think twice when we use it but when you reflect on the word in how should we then live it is clear at once that it is the most important word suppose you know suppose the book was called how should you live how should we live right that there's nothing remarkable about that how should we live it's a common question right there there there's not much different from asking what shall we do today or what should we have for dinner tonight right but put then back into the title and the question becomes how shall we live in the light of the fact of God has redeemed us from sins penalty by the death of Jesus Christ and freed us from sins tyranny by the power of the Holy Spirit see Schaefer is very clear about where he thinks the Western culture is headed, right? And even though Schaefer's book was written over 40 years ago, probably longer than that now, because it was written in, in, in uh, um, 1976, so it's, it's been 30 years, right? It's been over 30 years, right? So he has remarkably... Rem remarkably up to date, right? 
He looks at the trends and such as increasing economic breakdown, violence in various areas of life in all countries and extreme poverty for many third world countries and peoples. The love of affluence, right? The underlying relativism of Western thought. He concludes that the choice before us is either totalitarianism and opposed but arbitrary social order or once again affirming the base which gave freedom without chaos in the first place god's revelation in the bible and his revelation through jesus christ shaper's point is that those who have received this revelation must also act upon it because that is the very nature of the revelation it demands application shaper writes this as christians we are not only to know the right worldview, the worldview that tells us the truth of what it is, but consciously act upon that worldview so the influence so as to influence society in all parts and facets across the whole spectrum of life, as much as we can to the extent of our individuals and collective ability. That's not happening today. It's not happening at all today. Right? For example, we live in a culture in which there is an increasing assault of God's existence. God's law, the biblical revelation as basis for how we should then live. Right? Do you remember several years ago, you know, and this is back in the 90s, there was an emphasis on family values, right? And, and, and this, this was true during the, uh, the, the elections of the 1990s. But unless we acknowledge God as God, uh, God and God's saving acts as the source of that basis for the values, anyone who thinks clearly may refute our concern with such suggestions like what kind of family values are you talking about? You're talking about the nuclear family, single parent family, homosexual family? Who, why should one be preferred above the other? Why should we, uh, why should we want families at all? In other words... The call for values always invites these responses. Whose values are you talking about and why those? During a meeting of a college educator in uh, educators in Harvard University in 1987, President Frank Rhodes of Cornell University suggested in an address on a, a educational reforms that it was time for the universities to pay attention to the values and the students' more, uh, moral well-being. At once there was gas from the audience. One student jumped on his feet demanding indignantly whose values are to be taught and who is to teach us. The audience applauded loudly, which meant that in its judgment the student had rendered the president's suggestion was foolish by these unanswered questions. President Rhodes sat down without even trying to answer them. Generation or so ago, it would be natural for an educator to at least point to the uh, uh, wisdom of more than two millennia in Western history. Right? You know, like the writings of, of, of Plato, Socrates, Aristotle's, and, and to the historians of modern thinkers. And some would have even included the Bible as well. 
but it is for a return to precisely this type of education that Alan Bloom called for sold oh, so eloquently in his book, The Closing of the American Mind. But all of this has been forfeited today. And as President Rose' capitulation showed, the man just sat down. He didn't say anything. And it's not just that times have changed or the people today are skeptical. The problem is that without the absolute provided by God's revelation himself and his ways, all views are relative and there is no reason, real reason for doing one thing rather than the other except for selfish personal reasons which obviously destroy morality and which which obviously destroys morality rather than establish it in other words our days have become like the times of the jewish judges right when there was no king the law was forgotten and as a result everyone did what was right in his or her eyes in Judges 21-25. If revelation is the basis of social morality and ethics, then it's impossible, then, then, then it is possible to have a valid, effective, or lasting morals without it. See, we, we must have Romans chapter 1 through 11 in order to have Romans chapter 12 through 16. John Calvin spoke about this at the start of his lectures of Roman 12. Only he was comparing Christianity and philosophy. He said this, And this is the main difference between the gospel and philosophy. For though the philosophers speak ex of excellently with great judgment on the subject of morals, yet whatever excellently shines forth in the, their precepts it is as it were beautiful structure without a foundation for by omitting principles they offer a a multitude uh, a, a mutilated doctrine it like a body with without a head paul in romans 12 1 through 2 lays down here the principle from which all the duties of holiness flow you know, last Sunday, I said that whatever we see in the word therefore in the Bible, should we should we should always see that there, there it is, there, therefore, right? Therefore always points back to something else. And, and it means that we can never understand the importance of what's coming or in connection between what is coming and what has been said until... We know exactly what therefore is referring to. We have already had to think this through several times in our study of Romans because a couple of importance therefores have already occurred, right? We saw in Romans 2, 1, which is the basis, the condemnation of the allegedly moral person on the failure of the entire race is described in Romans 1. We also saw in Romans 5.1, which links the, the preeminence of God's saving works as expounded in Romans 5, chapter 5 uh, through chapter 8, to the nature of that work as described in Romans 3 and 4. These earlier therefores were important, but 
there but that therefore in in Romans 12 1 is even more significant still what does the therefore of Romans 12 1 refer to the immediately preceding verses the doxology uh, that is at the end of Romans 11 the whole 11 chapter in which Paul explains wisdom of God saving grace in history chapter 8 with the stirring assertion that nothing in heaven or in earth will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus or we can go back even further the, uh, the doctrine of justification by faith expounded in chapters 1 through 4 there have been able defenders of each of these views with reason right and each can be defended by good arguments James Montgomery Boyce said that one summer after he had been teaching in the book of Romans to a group of, of teaching leaders from a Bible from Bible study fellowship he received a letter which a woman thanked him for the series and explained how she had to come to understand the importance of God's grace and election for the first time she wrote that for years she considered election strange and dangerous but that her eyes have been opened she wrote this not only was my mind open my heart was touched the tears were impossible to restrict several times I realized what a privilege and totally undeserving recipient of his grace that I am I can hardly believe that what a gift I have received from him I began I it truly brings me to say yes 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 to Romans chapter 12 verse 1 and 2 it is the very least and only rational thing we can do in the light of God's imaginable gift see this woman was moved by the doctrine of election which is it's just taught in, in Romans chapter 9 through 11 but answers but the answer to what therefore of Romans 12 1 refers is to probably everything else in Romans that precedes it Charles Haas summarized it in this way all doctrines of justification grace election and final salvation taught in the preceding part of the epistle are made are made the foundation of practical duties enjoined in this Paul's this is Paul's normal pattern in his letters right and the book of Ephesians there are the first three doctrinal chapters are followed by three chapters of dealing with spiritual gifts, morality, personal relationships, and spiritual warfare. And in Galatians, the doctrinal sections are chapters three and four is followed by five and six by material on Christian liberty, spiritual fruit, love, and obligation to do good. And in Colossians, doctr doctrinal material is in uh, uh chapter 1 verses 1 through chapters 2 through 5 the application is chapter uh, 2 verse 5 through 418 the same pattern occurs in in first and second Thessalonians and it also is in first and second Corinthians and Philippians uh, though it's it's not as it's not as so apparent in those books right this does not seem to be the case with other New Testament writers such as Peter and John 
it seems to have been a uni been unique to Paul to lay out the doctrinal foundation and then follow it up with a practical application. You know, Leon Morris says this, it's foundational to, to Paul that the, the justified man does not live in the same ways of the unrepentant sinner. So when Paul says, therefore, he means in view of what I have just been writing, you must not live for yourselves, but rather give yourselves wholly to God. Right. So finally, in in chapter one, uh, uh, chapter one C, it says, as Paul says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers. So Paul is writing to believers, right? He is not writing to unbelievers. It's it's important that you understand and remember that, right? Paul is going to tell believers to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, and only believers can do that. Unbelievers cannot present their bodies as a living sacrifice to God. They must first receive and embrace the mercies of God before they can present their bodies as a living sacrifice to God. All that the Apostle Paul is about to say applies only to the believer. That's why he calls them brothers, right? That means that if you're a child of God, if you are a recipient of of the grace of God, then Paul says that says that applies to you. And if you receive it, apply it as Paul intends it, your life will be radically transformed. At the start of the message, man, I, I quoted John MacArthur who said that the key to spiritual victory and true happiness is not getting, not trying to get all we can from God, but giving all that we are and have to him. See, Paul transitions from from doctrine in chapters 1 through 11 to application in chapters 12 through 16. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers. In writing to believers, he is urging believers to understand that the key to spiritual victory and true happiness is not trying to get all we can from God, but giving all we are and have to him. And I think that's very, 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 uh, you, you need to understand that. It, you know, he's going to take care of us. And the Bible says that he takes care of all our needs. But we need to understand that we need to, as Christians, as believers, give everything that we are and am to him. Everything. Doesn't matter what happens. Doesn't matter of anything. You need to give everything to him. Your personality, your your thoughts everything to him and let him deal with it let him take care of your needs let him take care of what you need and everything else right and let you be and and that you're supposed to you know give your life as a living sacrifice to him and that's important that we understand that guys you know it's important that we understand that we are to give him everything not just the things that we want, but everything, including our hurts, our pains. You know, but you say, Pastor, man, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I've been through. I understand you've been hurt. I understand that you have anger towards the church or towards God or 
or even towards me. But I, and I understand that, but I want to tell you that if you forgive them and you, and you give all of yourself to God and you give all yourself to God, that your life will be radically transformed and things will get a thousand times better, but you're going to have a lot of trials and tribulations, right? All right, guys, I hope you guys are enjoying this ride. I'm going to be back on Friday. Uh, so um, just a, a, a few announcements before we go. Guys, if you guys like to check out my own personal website and blog or whatever, you know, go to reformedpastor.me and go check out my website there. And um, if you would like to support Made Free Church in any way, shape, or form, you know, just Made Free Church in general, you can do that by going to madefreechurch.org. We have a giving tab. There's three ways to give. You can give through our cash app, you can give through our PayPal link, or you can send a check or money order at the address that's provided on the website. Uh, and we can really, really use your guys' financial support for Made Free Church Idaho as well. And also, leave your email addresses so we can send you a tax-deductible receipt. And, uh, oh, before we do this, um, guys, we're going to be launching in the next week or so, we're going to be launching our first episode of Five Solars Radio. Um, you can go to fivesolarsradio.com and check us out there. Or you can stay, you can be, it's going to be updated on my website as well as the Made Free Church website. We got Pastor, the lineup is Pastor Dave, Pastor Chad, myself, my brother Ricky, uh, and Tim jones a good friend of mine from massachusetts right so we're going to be uh doing you know um we're going to be discussing a lot of things so guys stay tuned for that and go to fivesolarsradio.com to check that out uh, and guys i want to thank you for being here um and thank you for supporting us in prayer or financially or whatever we love you for it, and God bless you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for the understanding that you're giving us today, Lord, in Romans. We just ask, Lord, that you apply it, that, that we apply it to our lives, Lord, that you empower us today, Lord, to live that holy, sacrificed life to you, Heavenly Father. Let us be the men and women of God that you've created us to be, Lord, and let's show love even when we're not getting it back, Lord. And, and Lord, we just want to say thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, you guys have a great day. God bless.